Okay, great. At least my my observation wasn't 100% wrong. So right. <laughs> can't be cancelled for yeah. that now. You can get cancelled for anything. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Indian Racing League, the IRL podcast hosted by F1 Fan Fiction. This is a show about the behind the scenes, the stories, what's happening, how is it happening, who's making it happen, the different verticals of the the event that's happening just in a few weeks to come. Um, and the people making it happen, right? So with that said, this is episode five. And this one's going to be a bit different because we've got someone, the voice that you've heard, uh, <laughs> someone um, that everyone knows. So uh, getting right into it, we are your hosts. I am Akash. And I'm Sarang. And my name is Somal Arora. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the commentator and presenter for the Indian Racing League, along with many other things. But let's focus on that one bit for today. <laughs> it's it's that time of the year again, finally, guys. <laughs> you're you're uh, really underselling yourself right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I paused because I was thinking there's going to be more. Because right? obviously, exactly. you've done so much. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's just wait. Let him, you know, complete his yeah. deal. <laughs> I, I also got like the coffee. I'm like, I'm going to get a sip. But uh, okay. No, yeah. um, <laughs> okay, no, wait, I'll, I'll, I'll just let you I'll let you have that. But uh, <laughs> the Indian Racing League is one thing that I really love to do uh, every single year. Touchwood, it's a fantastic opportunity to have as well. But apart from that, uh, it's been a fun year, right? I've been able to do MotoGP circuit commentary at mm-hmm. the BIC. That's been yeah. amazing. Ikitar Motorsports awesome. has been phenomenal. And lots of other things there or thereabouts in Mumbai with our events as well for our Formula right. 1 podcast as well separately. So it's been mm-hmm. a crazy chaotic year. And good that we get to end it with the Indian Racing League because hmm. you have to save the best for the last fight at the end. So right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's fair. Um, for folks who don't know uh, the inside line, he's been he's been one of our inspirations to start right. this journey. So exactly. if you've been if you've been listening to F one fan fiction, <laughs> we've been listening to that podcast for. What, what it's been over a decade now. I can't even remember when I started listening it's to you guys. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's been a while. So, these, he's the real OG. We're, we're like the people who's just started, but he's the real OG. Go, go check their episode out. If you haven't, I mean, if you haven't, you're living under a rock somehow. But yeah, uh, yeah go, go check them out if you haven't. Oh, thanks, guys. Means, uh, means a lot. Thank you. Uh, thanks yeah. for being here. What we first want to know, and we know what you've done as a commentator, right? But... Who who is Somil? Like, what's what's your family background? How do how, what what have you grown up with? Yeah, because dude, yeah, like this is something we try to let's take start, up. But... Let's start from your ancestors. Let's start. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I, I like this question though because it's proper wedding season, isn't it? Properly, uh-huh, exactly. So these questions are floating around. Maybe not for my age, but uh-huh. uh, if you want to go all the way back, my ancestors used to live in the other side of the Indus. They thought that after the partition, it'll be good to fly over to Delhi. So they flew back with pots and pots of gold that got looted on the airport. So like, right. ah, yikes. So we've lost <laughs> everything. So they started from scratch back in Delhi. My parents were, so I can't say second generation Indians because, it, 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 because yeah. I mean, just, yeah. their, their parents moved, out, moved uh-huh, into Delhi uh-huh. like after the partition. Yeah. So moved right. into Bombay after that to work and Touchwood, that's where I Came into the picture, 2003, mm-hmm. roughly. Lucky me that uh, I got born in Mumbai because <laughs> it, it just, I just find it to be a pretty lovely city in terms of the opportunities oh, you have. Okay. 
and yeah, uh, sure. the fun thing was my parents have been touch wood very very open and very liberal in terms of what i can do with life and that's generally mm-hmm. been such a brilliant platform for me because for all the other kids right. that i see in my circles it's like dude you've got to get x amount of marks or y more y number of grades that's and true. then you've got to do it in certain subjects because you've got to pursue a certain path in life for me yeah. i've always had an inclination towards two things firstly sport mm-hmm. and be the microphone to the point mm-hmm. where i've i mean i've honestly never watched an episode of nordy i know of nordy i know ah. what it's about ah. but i've i was always watching that's, the cricket on the football that's a first <laughs> that's a first yeah exactly i just know what nordy is and there's a policeman and there's a car but nothing else about it which is strange because whenever we're in our uh, set of friends whenever we crack a joke about old tv shows i have to go mm-hmm. back again to watch it to realize ah this is what i missed out on but i can't complain right because that meant that i grew up with the likes of they mm-hmm. uh, grew up watching the likes of harsha bhogle peter drury mm-hmm. okay. uh not so much david croft not a big fan uh, but mm-hmm. uh, that's just a taste kind of thing but yeah, i grew up yeah. listening to these people so yeah it really became the base of what i do today and fun mm-hmm. fact i learned to speak english through these people like i never learned it in school huh. never learned it through my parents wow. it was just imitating I... these fellows interesting <laughs> Yeah, it came to be a really funny thing where in grade 5 grade 7 i remember lots of my school friends saying hey dude you've got a weird accent but i uh-huh. didn't and to be fair if you live in kandivli which is like a north right. suburb of mumbai <laughs> yeah. it is an accent to have to, oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah. when you compare if you know you know compare, yeah <laughs> if you know you know for, for context yeah. lots of yeah. really lovely gujarati folks live here so they have a certain yeah. way of speaking right and so my way of speaking is quite different in comparison so there was a bit of curiosity initially that what is this accent but it's just i'll be honest 100% it's just copying the greats that's all and then mm-hmm. eventually you end up framing a voice of your own that that's the that's right. the thing that happened but my dad was uh, that was quite a quite an uh, quite an important part of what i'm doing today mm-hmm. because he was the one who actually pushed me to start my first blog and oh, wow. his his idea was simple right you're consuming so much of information classic mm-hmm. problem in life <laughs> we all face it these days but you're consuming so much of information you're not putting it out there your head is becoming an absolute mess because at that time remember nobody used to watch formula 1 and formula 1 yeah. was just mm-hmm. who i was there's no other character right. no personality it is just formula 1 man united and uh, mumbai indians there is like three things in my life constants uh-huh. but like they were the only three things as a kid right so and i was like nobody's talking to you quite simply you're getting lost in your own head put your things out there like put your thoughts down there what mm. do you think about sport and i remember very vividly my first article was just writing down the groups of the 2014 football world cup that's all nothing else ah, like, nice like group a is england and group a wasn't england really group a was costa rica or something but yeah you get the ideas listing things yeah right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but uh, eventually touchwood it came to the world of racing uh, back circle mm-hmm. because this mm-hmm. was indeed my first love and at some point in time i knew that this is where i wanted to be In the meantime yeah. studying was happening normally is basic right. kid stuff but uh touch wood in 2016 I started writing about racing uh started off with the 2016 British GP just randomly writing an article mm-hmm. then went to formula e because I really enjoyed watching it at that time first couple of seasons mm-hmm. were horrible yeah, yeah. <laughs> the moment they yeah. changed their front wing to that beautiful aerodynamic right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. oh this is good I I can watch this mm-hmm. uh work but uh started writing about it and very very grateful that Dilbakil the CEO mm. now of the right. Asian Next Championship who used to be the yeah. CEO of the Mahindra Racing team Mahindra yeah yeah, yeah. He really randomly dropped me a mail saying hi Somil this is Dilbakil here i hope you know me 
I did. Uh, <laughs> he said, "I like your work. I'm coming to Mumbai. Let's uh-huh. meet." I was like, "Oh, oh lovely! What's nice. that about?" <laughs> and so one thing led to the other one. Went to the uh, got actually not went to got to go to the Hong Kong E Prix with the team. Mm-hmm. And wow, I can't be more grateful to him or Mahindra Racing for that mm-hmm. because what you get to see when you're in the paddock and yeah. it's just firstly the the first visit is just. lowering down the barrier in your mind because when you look uh-huh. at people like Nick Heidfeld, Sean Eric Verne and getting to spend 45 minutes with Alan Mignish just chatting right. about endurance racing <laughs> that really makes you realize that hey although they're your heroes they're just human so you can yeah, be yeah, yeah. you can belong here in the long mm-hmm. run yeah. and uh, yes. that that experience was phenomenal and I'm really really grateful for that for one thing because my dad and i both got to speak to and also got a picture with alan frost and that is oh yes i, I did see that photo by the way i was going to ask you about that photo <laughs> it's uh, we just haven't got it framed but if uh-huh. my dad and i could we probably would because uh, no no kidding my dad is such a big motorsport fan that he's the one who actually uh-huh. got me into this and he's the one Lovely. who's literally the foundation Lovely. and backbone of everything i'm doing right now but mm-hmm. he is such a huge alan frost fan and he didn't change his profile picture nice. with Alan for 5 years until oh, he wow. got a bike and then that had to take priority so. <laughs> awesome but, but that is that basically when once i got in uh, it just became easier because uh, doors open mm. for you once you're mm. in and yeah, i always yeah. knew i had to commentate because that's how i learned to speak and mm. right. some some low level karting championships mm-hmm. really helped uh, set the bar for later on like this is the first uh-huh. that i've heard that somebody has learned a language like quite much only listening to commentary that's that's something yeah. different yeah. that's really awesome and it's funny because my english is very much framed by these people but my hindi is very much framed by my friends so i <laughs> i mean this that's basically what it is right yeah, your yeah, environment right. your surroundings so of if course. i yeah. go to broadcast in hindi now uh-huh. every single tv channel or everything they're just like dude you speak too much of mumbai hindi <laughs> this doesn't quite work out. So, just, I think right. the code that you spend, that the five people you spend your time with, mm, really, yeah. who you are. I think that sort yeah, yeah, of yeah. has some some yeah. justice to it in in that regard. Yeah, fair that's enough, true. Enough, in fact, I've enough. heard like a, a little t- tangential here, but like in mm. fact, I've heard research about like uh, people's personalities also change a little when they change yeah. languages, uh, and that's yeah. again like related to. you know like the environment that you learn that language and and like the people that you generally converse with so that kind of also affects things but whatever anyway speaking marathi i mean you can't be proper straight <laughs> nice like hey exactly. how are you you've got to be slightly, it's like Chai, hindi yeah. italics right exactly it's like hindi italics so you've got to be slightly tedious i think that word in the italics i like that <laughs> Um so tell me this have you done voice coaching and, and now that you're mm-hmm. making this into a career have you spent mm-hmm. time as a uh, with a voice coach and do you have a schedule around it or anything formal now yes i didn't used to in the past though uh which okay. is which is interesting to me because i've seen how my speaking has evolved with time thanks to my mm-hmm. voice coach and really big shout out to Mr Asif Ali Beg at this moment in time he is an absolute legend in fact i still learn so many new things from him every single day about modulation about taking care of the voice mm-hmm. sometimes i don't do that very well i'll be honest <laughs> i'm still just a parting teenager at this point in time but mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a lot that you can learn in terms of vocal clarity 
but the right. first thing mm-hmm. that he told me and this is where i've really witnessed my game change a lot is the importance of listening and uh, mm-hmm. in the first day of the vocal training that i had with him he just basically sat me down and said uh, not just me but all the other students as well and said watch this video and tell me what you find wrong a uh, mm-hmm. couple of videos of a few politicians speaking won't name which ones uh, but you get the deal about the worst <laughs> yeah. worst spoken politicians and you get an idea about how poorly a they listen and b mm-hmm. how poorly they articulate their ideas and it's all down to clarity of thought and just having some consideration for what the other person in front mm-hmm. of you is speaking because quite simply i i won't say god but whoever's made us has given us two ears right. and one mouth maybe listening yeah. more than you speak right so <laughs> that's uh, mm-hmm. that's the most important lesson that he gave and i think it honestly changes the way you speak as well because the more mm-hmm. you are receptive to taking in information the more conscious you are of responding rather than just replying with the first thing that comes to your mind and mm-hmm. if there is one headline takeaway for everyone to take from uh, assessor's lessons it's just that one just listen more than you speak but he's <laughs> is phenomenal but he he's been a he's been a huge help to be honest in terms of lovely uh, vocal nice. training in that regard but that's one mm-hmm. part of the game and that's a huge huge part of the game to have and i guess yeah, I, awesome. i mean humans are same everywhere but uh, i i mean it's more of an indian thing where you just want to talk 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 and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, I I don't know if this is the right platform yeah, no. to share a story, but go ahead. It's it's been so This is the right platform to share any story. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think that lesson uh, got sort of imbibed a little bit harder on me because I grew up with three distinct cultures. Firstly Punjabi because my family is. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. I can say this because I'm meant to be one, but we folks don't listen at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, at all, you'll be talking to someone, and it's just two people babbling over each other. So I was like, huh, "Am I not valued here because I'm not being listened to?" So that was one. Uh, then being in Kandivili, which is a beautiful, really phenomenal place to be in terms of entertainment, really. But yeah. I, I ended up growing up with uh, lots of Marathis and Gujarati folks. really kind but i realized later on that their way of expressing love is not listening it's doing things for you but they won't listen as much so they listen to the yeah. broader <laughs> outline of the story but not the depths of your emotion and what you really want to convey yeah. and so mm-hmm. when when my coach really said that line i was like yeah that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about but so interesting little quirk let's yeah, put it that yeah, way yeah. Yeah, yeah, we agree. Yeah. You're 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 talking with one Marathi and one Gujarati here. Exactly. So, yeah. so we, agree. <laughs> <laughs> we agree. We <laughs> agree. Okay, great. At least my my observation wasn't hundred percent wrong. So right. <laughs> Can't be cancelled for yeah. that now. Oh yeah. <laughs> no no yeah. Um, you can get yeah, cancelled for anything. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Oh, do you have this sort of like a routine in terms of your vocal practices cuz Trevor Noah once said and and he's he's someone else who I like to listen to not for the content but just for the the voice that he has and sometimes it is that right like you like to listen to something or you like to watch something just for the way it's being said and then he said this or he revealed this once where he's got this exercise where he goes through his vocal practices every day when he wakes up for a few hours mm. he does what he has yep. to do and then he has an evening thing he writes it in his book as well but do you also have a a schedule like that to sort of like keep that up i do i do okay. uh, but i'll be very very honest 
to myself as well firstly i am not able to follow it every <laughs> single day quite simply because i need to develop that level of discipline to do that mm. on on broadcast days yes the the stretches that you need to do uh, right. this the so called riyas of broadcast where you just warm up your voice mm. basically and uh, mm-hmm. make sure your vocal articulators are working fine but right. now that that's basic stuff that you've got to do every day the way life is structured out with college with work and everything it just becomes tricky to do it on a daily basis for me mm-hmm. personally but that's something i of course personally want to change as well because the more you do it the more you get in the rhythm right and mm-hmm. a really interesting factor if you do want to get in the business of speaking uh, and right. that might just be public speaking or even taking interviews and anything yeah. being loose is also such an important point because mm-hmm. only then are you able to convey your emotions very well so true if you're tight yeah. and stiff if you're really <laughs> up you try it yourself like you really try to yeah. flinch for yeah. a second and hold your body yeah. and then try to convey anything remotely emotional maybe i'm not saying even romantic but just something like <laughs> hey i really like eating ice cream it just won't yeah. come out well versus compared yeah. to if you really loosen yourself up and be like hey i really like eating ice cream see the difference mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. that's yeah. just one yeah. uh, one part of it but Yeah if you do it every day it definitely compounds up but for now on broadcast days yes that's what that's what I have to get into just vocal stretches warming up the voice mm-hmm. loosening up the body and most importantly freeing up the mind because if that's yeah. blocked up it's it's a whole heap of uh, uh, is is it an explicit mark podcast can i say yeah, the yeah. word go it's ahead. a whole heap of dirt shit if your mind <laughs> is yeah, mind yeah. is blocked up so <laughs> um no, makes sense. Uh, one thing uh the tarang and i talk about right and and because you touched this topic is we started this just as a break from our mundaneness right and mm-hmm. and obviously Fair. for the love of the sport and and you know we've been anyway spending time so we were like why not make this into a thing um stats say that almost 90 to 99 or you know, a high number of podcasts uh, stop after the third episode But Sarang and I have spoken about this, and now you, obviously, as our super senior and a seasoned, uh, you know, mic guy, um, <laughs> we think that everyone who wants to explore their speech or they think they like talking should start mm-hmm. a podcast. Sure, end it after yeah. a few episodes and and don't pursue it. But I think the psyche that has changed at least for sarang and i in the past two oh. years uh, has been so different and we've we've spoken about this too uh, somewhere during some episodes that it, it really opens you up and shows a part of you that you didn't know about yourself mm. do, you, do you think that's true i agree because it teaches you how mm. to structure down your thoughts in a way now mm. there's two ways to do that you could either write or you could speak yeah. if you write mm. great fantastic you at least have a structure yeah. of how to convey what you want to convey but when you speak right. you've got to do it in real time because in writing you can go back and edit your draft i don't That's think true. you can do that mm-hmm. with a podcast yeah and uh, <laughs> if you have this no replay policy that we also tend to have on our podcast it becomes even uh-huh. tougher because we right. don't do things uh, on a second right. day it's all right. live right. you have yeah. one shot convey what you yeah. have to convey if you do it well you do yeah. it well and yeah. that puts such pressure on you as a person <laughs> to really be clear about what you have to say And yes. isn't that a benefit that we don't like to have in other parts of life as well? I mean, corporate yeah. side. If you're in a yeah. meeting, wanted to express Definitely. an idea or just pursue it, someone. If you have clarity on what the idea is, it just makes it a whole lot better. Otherwise, you're just rambling around for 25 minutes, sir. Something else. That's what we want. It's a. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> Some, hey, something tells me from the love that the two of you have done enough of that, like or seen enough uh-huh. of that at least. 
from a few other people yeah yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> no no i love the way you put it like uh, structure to thoughts that's i think definitely a big part of it like and hmm. it and at a point i think it also becomes like unconscious like i remember earlier when we started like uh, recording episodes it was it was quite a bit difficult actually and <laughs> earlier we had to actually do takes not exactly takes but you know we would like fuck up a segment and we like okay i think we probably we should redo the whole thing or something Fair we enough. don't usually have any like script or anything but like still just talking it out as well i think it 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 changes you it changes your wiring as well i think in your brain i don't know how to put it but uh, yeah definitely does but it has a negative connotation you've got to know how to switch off from the podcast yeah. voice <laughs> you take that to your friends yes. and be like hey what are you doing man hey you're recording now talk normally dude maybe maybe two languages two personalities Hmm. um yeah let's let's talk about uh, IRL for a while yeah well, it's so <laughs> oh yes <laughs> so you you've been with the folks uh, from the beginning from the get go right like you you also did the x1 uh, series with them mm-hmm. um was it even before that that i'm missing out on uh yes but no so mm-hmm. technically i wasn't until so it's it's very weird so i've been uh, <laughs> it's touchwood my dream job because i've been uh, really pestering aditya patel and arman ibrahim for a few years now by calling them constantly that hey aditya please can i can i have a go with this one uh but to, it started off 2019 for me this association mm-hmm. with uh, with rppl where okay. they were kind enough to let me host the esports event in mumbai that happened over there at phoenix mall mm-hmm. phenomenal mm-hmm. event yeah. we were able to bring in 20 yeah. simulators hundreds of people mm-hmm. taking part mm-hmm. a brilliant brilliant idea where you bring esports and sim racing to the people and lots right. of people at the phoenix mall didn't really know what racing was until right. that point like they knew cars going around in circles mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Yeah. the fact that it became so approachable for them was like mm-hmm. ah i can do this as well dude it's very easy mm-hmm. just a 20000 rupee entry cost with the steering wheel 1 lakh with this computer but that's uh, <laughs> it's still, it's still better than having 8 yeah. 10 lakh rupees for a season right so it's yeah. closer yeah. closer to home but that was where it all began uh and i couldn't quite get to commentate on that championship for 2019 at that right. point as well uh, i'll be honest i understand why they didn't give me the gig in 2019 because <laughs> my my resume wasn't quite there yet and i was only what 15 16 at that point so it would have been a bit 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 bold on their part but okay. uh, in in lockdown i got to do lots of esports commentary lots of uh, i racing mm. world championships through Raceport TV and uh, that really upped my game and at that point I could sense that hey now I am a much better commentator than I was previously and uh, touchwood few phone calls lots of pestering <laughs> got the got the gig again but from the very beginning I I've seen it from the back end uh, seen them working pretty hard to make this happen seen all the I won't say all the struggles but seen all the chaos that has had to be put in just to put everything on the ground Mm-hmm. and it's been mm-hmm. phenomenal to see that we are having a championship because honestly there are so many variables that just can't be spoken about on a platform like this that yeah. need to be solved out <laughs> just to get the cars on track and not even talking yes. about getting 1000 people in the grandstand and not right. even talking yeah. about getting 100000 people watching the broadcast or even setting yeah. up a broadcast just mm-hmm. to get the cars on track there is so much yeah. that goes on that has to be commended firstly that the guys have done that for last year x1 before that now this year as well it's it's they're doing it 
and yeah. and that, that's the important part right? i they, think they're the gaining momentum up. along the way as well right like it's like it feels to me like a like a rolling snowball which is like collecting yeah. pace and momentum as it's going ahead i i agree i agree but when you really look at it from the outside and being very objective here everyone mm-hmm. who isn't in the circus is saying dude what's going on like mm-hmm. hey there were no million people showing up to hyderabad last <laughs> year for the final street race what's up it's not an yeah. instant success woo is and suddenly they might uh, say labels like hey it's a flop it's a failure it's not working out well yeah yeah but i think when you step foot into this and i'll be honest i was one of those people all those years ago uh where i used right. to look at every single indian right. racing attempt and i was like dude why didn't the prime or truck racing series work out well like hey what a failure mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the moment you're in it you realize how complex it is just to put the cars on track and when i got to see that in that much depth last year i was like dude i cannot say anything about anyone <laughs> or any organizational part because there are so many million things that you need to do and a lot of them by the way can't be solved by money so if you think that it's just money that's holding indian motorsport back i don't think it is uh, it, it's a lot of structural issues lots of the demographics of the competitors and the people involved in the sports as well because we don't right. quite have that core group of uh, racing mm-hmm. participants like we have in the uk we don't quite have people right. competing on a regular yeah. level in formula 3 formula 4 uh which is what they aim to change by the way and if yeah. you have mm-hmm. that then you can maybe get to an f1 driver so just mm-hmm. the fact that they're honestly functioning having a street race in the night mm-hmm. in a in a city like chennai that to me is an achievement that really needs to be valued a lot more than it is yeah only because of how complex it is <laughs> so there's that but uh yeah crazy crazy it's a such a fun journey to watch over the years what nice. what really gets me curious is right like luckily some of the drivers over the seasons and and a few coming into the season as well have stayed the same and and sure i mean you've probably also followed them before their journey into into IRL mm-hmm. but what gets me into this is i see your i see your profile where you've done so such a diverse list of uh, commentating and then if i was to speak about it i wouldn't know who's who sitting from a box knowing where you know what's happening only to even comprehend yep. those thoughts fast enough to make it entertaining uh, mm-hmm. make it amped up right so how, what's mm-hmm. what goes behind the scenes when let's say uh, come two weeks you're going to be at the hyderabad circuit there's going to be the grid there what goes on as homework so that you know mm-hmm. who's who and what to say where to say and you know just the whole structure around it I'll put it in two ways uh, the ideal one and reality because as a broadcaster you always have an ideal world where actually mm-hmm. everyone has an ideal world right where yeah. you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out hey this would be perfect so in an yeah. ideal world I'd know 4 weeks or rather at least 6 weeks before the championship hey these are the competitors now I've got to research on their story and it's not just going through instagram or wikipedia yeah. a lot of times it's just also talking to their parents because most of these mm-hmm. kids are young like it's all 17 mm-hmm. 18 year olds and they'll tell you a certain part of their life but there is a blind spot that even they don't know and yeah. uh, it's a lot of talking to their parents talking to their coaches people who've raced against them and trying to gather a story about who are these people for instance who is rohan alva quite simply mm-hmm. what sort of a kid is he as i remember watching uh, rather interviewing him and he was uh, my first 
international karting driver that I'd interviewed. Am I getting it right or wrong? It, it's it, I, it's either between him or Shahan Ali Mohsin. Both of them okay. competing in the IRL. Very exciting. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I, I can speak for Rohan because I've been lucky enough to share the track more with him. For Shahan, it's only been right. Indian Racing League for the last few years. Uh, but with Rohan, I remember watching him as a 12-13 year old, right? Very fast, very determined. His dad was super, super promised and determined to get him into Formula 1. Still is. And at that point, he was like, yeah. I'm willing to go to any boundary whatsoever. Be it coaching with a, a really experienced coach, uh-huh. sending into Italy, getting fresh set of tyres, competing in the best karting championships. We've got to make it happen. So, you're there in 2017 watching this kid and being like, hey, let's wait and watch. Let's see, uh-huh. let's see what he does. And then cut to 2023 where he's racing in the JK Tire National Racing Championship, coaching uh-huh. kids who are older than him. Nice. And that sort of evolution, when you follow along with the story, when you realize, hey, this is what the kid has turned into. This is what his personality mm-hmm. is like right now. This is how he races. This is what his style is. And to find out those constants over the years that have stayed the same, that is really, right. firstly, what gets me a kick. Like, hey, have I seen the story evolve? Because at uh-huh. the end of the day, I really like stories. And that's really what it's <laughs> all about. And the homework that goes on is a lot about these things. Now, mm. that's the ideal world. I'll be okay. very honest. You can't okay. do this for every single driver. Uh, right. For instance, JK Time Motorsport uh, National Racing Championship, final round comes up in a couple of weeks. I genuinely don't know the stories of one-fourth of the grid because you've got to prioritize your time as well, right? Sometimes you get the grid on the Friday and the races begin mm-hmm. on Saturday, which is <laughs> what tends to happen sometimes. So you literally don't have time to research about people who are, uh, let's say, uh, driving in P12, P11. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You've got to allocate yeah. your time accordingly, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's uh, it's those sort of things. And even for the Indian Racing League last year, it was honestly very similar because we had lineups change very consistently because drivers had other commitments as well. Mm-hmm. Fair game. Mm-hmm. Right? So right. Jordan yeah. Albert had spoken to him for a while, done a lot of research, and then suddenly realized, hey, Jordan's not racing anymore. It's uh, it's Alistair you. And <laughs> better for me because I'd known Alistair uh-huh. from the past, but he's changed a lot over the years. So then mm-hmm. it becomes yeah. a journey of rediscovering who Alistair Young is. Because right. when I met him in 2018, when he came into India for uh, the Southeast Asian Formula 4, he was a quiet kid, son of Alex Young, good racing driver, very, yeah. very polite with all the mechanics. Mm-hmm. He'll drive, he'll race, speak to a few people and go back home. But he became yeah. a party animal and a positive party animal. Like he was, <laughs> he really set the vibe for fun in the IRL mm-hmm. last year. And that's something nice. I didn't know about him. And when you spend nice. more time, when you realize who Alistair is, you're able to bring that out on the broadcast. So it's a lot of collecting of those stories. But I'll be honest, you have to do that on the go. Uh, yeah. it's I think I think it was somewhat like a ongoing preparation as well, right? Like it's it's I think everything is building up to the next event in the sense that I would say you like keep growing your knowledge about different drivers, and of course, like situations are going to happen where. As you said, like, you know, drivers change and suddenly, like, for you, it worked out, uh, like, you knew the other drivers. So, that 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 worked out. So, I think it's kind of a work mm-hmm. in progress always, in a sense. Uh, would 100%. That be right? yeah. Because I <laughs> I got to accommodate on uh, JK Tires this year. First time, a uh, first full season for me. Uh-huh. And I feel I'll be only ready for the championship properly in 2026. Because mm-hmm. by then, I'll 100% know the evolution of all the stories of all the drivers, which is why, yeah. uh, first, a huge shout out to Solomon Porres, who's been doing uh, the national championship for JK Tars for years, which is why he's mm-hmm. been such a good help, because he's seen them for the last 10, 12, 14 odd years. So that is when he can properly tell the story. 
which is why today you can't replace mm-hmm. David Croft in Formula 1. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Far too much from the inside for anyone yeah. else to come in to shake him off because he's like a banyan tree right now, right? His yeah. roots are yeah. properly set in stone. So it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, and which is where I'd also like to give a huge shout out to someone like uh, Suhail Chando, which he's last year also co-hosting the Indian Racing League with yeah. me. And this is just one part of his life because he's also the CEO <laughs> yeah. of the Yumumba yeah. team. He's yeah. also hosting a million events a day. He's also working yeah. on Geo Cinema covering MotoGP, cricket, uh the Asian Games as well on Sony. So you give him any sport, he'll do it. But what I learned from him last year was that you can be thrown into any situation as a broadcaster, right? He came in on the Friday, got told that hey, these are the certain drivers. Obviously he did some prep beforehand, mm-hmm. but yeah. he got know on the Friday that hey, two drivers who were meant to be on that list that he prepped about aren't quite going to be racing. Same mm-hmm. situation as me. but i had seen their careers in the national championships previously so right mm-hmm. like, i know some part of it so he right. hadn't because he was working on the ipl and other bigger projects right. yeah the fact that he was able to still gather some information from any source whatsoever like yeah. no ego at all because i've seen yeah. some commentators who face a certain ego in asking another commentator about hey what's this guy like can you tell uh-huh. me his story not uh-huh. at all he lost yeah. himself yeah. hey what's this guy like what's this girl like mm-hmm. how does she race what's her style right. what's her personality like because at the end of the day you're working as a team right you yeah, you're working to yeah. present the best broadcast exactly you know uh, what great that you brought up the topic of soil chandog because that's what we wanted to talk about next anyway so <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> let's do that let's do that so yeah like tell us about you know your experience in general working with him he of course has like this large portfolio of things that he does oh. and you know uh, <laughs> and then like uh, working with him like uh, how does he like Uh, approach commenting in general and uh, uh, what like what are the kind of things that you learned from him like uh, tell us something about it so a uh, very fun story he was also one of the voices i grew up listening to but mm. i'll be honest it was more of a target that uh, <laughs> as a kid was like i've got to take his job because i really love what he's doing <laughs> i've got to do what he's doing like really yeah. by all means and lucky me that i get to work with him which is yeah. even better because then i get to learn how he approaches things and it's phenomenal what a pro the guy is like yeah. it's firstly uh, basic things how you dress up it is mm-hmm. a it is a big shock to me because i had rocked up with one simple polo that was stolen <laughs> off my dad's style wardrobe because i remember i was just 18 last year so uh-huh. i was still in that stage where i was wearing clothes that my parents had bought for me It's only now that I realize hey, you've got to have your stuff sorted out according to you, right? But when you look at him, you walk in, you feel a certain aura and a presence because the guy has it. So you see the yeah. way he's dressed up, the way he's super presentable. You note that out that hey, you get a sense that this guy is a broadcaster, and that's one big learning. Obviously, other things like uh, managing chaos because there's always chaos mm-hmm. in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Things like driver changes, things like hey, uh, for instance, microphone isn't working. For instance, <laughs> yeah. broadcast isn't going on air for thirty minutes, uh-huh. and uh, the race is cancelled. How do you fill in thirty minutes? Yeah. Now, these are yeah. things that obviously I had also practiced over the years in my journey. But when you see a pro like Suhail do it right in front of you, it really opens your eyes about where the standard and where the level is. So it sets a benchmark. And I'll be honest, uh-huh. I'll, I've been shameless in trying to note down these things. Hey, what is he doing? How is he managing these things? Because the speaking part, I don't think. Uh, 
after a certain level there's not much that you can learn yeah. from all the other people in terms of speaking because then you've developed your own style mm-hmm. but it's these small little things like managing mm-hmm. chaos preparations yeah. Yeah. and enjoying life outside broadcasting because yeah. uh, for for a lot of times for me it was just like do the racing go back home but the fact that he's able to mingle around make friends with everyone have fun mm-hmm. it makes you realize that hey it's not all that serious as you make it out to be mm-hmm. and that's really what i learned from him about being a pro getting a job done and uh, you can't always have the ideal prep so how do you tell a story even within limited data of all the drivers teams cars etc that for me honestly was what i really really admired about him which is also what i'm yeah. trying to inculcate in my game he's a phenomenal to work with i just i just hope that he's also on the panel this year uh, but i don't know what the scenario is i don't know I know for a fact that Jake Sanson is going to be there with me, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really. How's how's it with him? How how does it work with like? Have, first of all, had you have you spoken with him or had you spoken with him before last year? And then, oh, never. if not, how? Do, oh yeah. So then, perfect. How does it work? Like, how does it work when you're just finding out someone? Hey, I got to talk with this guy. Hmm. Mm, I I'm still uh, still framing my opinion on that. I'll be very okay. honest because. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that with the hundreds of commentating partners that I've had it uh-huh, either yeah. works off or it doesn't okay and you mm-hmm. feel it uh, mm-hmm. for instance one of my one of my finest broadcasting partners and I hope we get to do more is this uh, lovely guy called Peter Mackay Scottish mm-hmm. completely different to who, who I am I'll okay. tell you a straight story the way it is Peter will loop it around with all these fun little quirks <laughs> and make you go what how did you know that but it just hit off with Peter and I was able to do yeah. so many broadcasts with him so many championships where time just flew in comparison there are other commentators that i've worked with where mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel as smooth and i have no mm-hmm. shame in admitting it because uh maybe the vibe doesn't quite work off because remember we're different people right and uh, yeah, different yeah, people yeah. who have different vibes and at the end yeah, of the day you've got to keep your ego down have a chat with the commentator and be like dude is it working out or is it not working out and what can we do to fix it because at the end of the day the main goal is not to make sure that you're having fun it's also part of it but can you mm. present the viewer with the most informative a and entertaining b broadcast mm. and informative is fine you can do that stuff but it only is entertaining when you form a good duo and mm. that needs to be worked around so i'm still in that stage of evaluating learning watching more to figure out is that something that can be formed consciously or is it just something that just kicks off well because from what i've noticed it with a few partners it's kicked off well but i really want to consciously yeah. try to mold a few relationships in a way mm. to see if that technique works so that's the next part of my journey in a way in terms of becoming nice. a better broadcaster but work in progress let's put it that way i'll, sure. I'll answer that question yeah. in 5 years time <laughs> yeah we'll get you back then and ask yeah yeah for sure <laughs> and if i may can i have a second to share an anecdote about james hunt and murray walker on this one because ahead, it's really Really fun story because when All James years. Hunt, Formula One world champion, party uh-huh. boy, womanizer, probably the most interesting guy in the entire paddock, came to the comms box, which is a place where you need mm-hmm. discipline, in a way. Right. When he came in, Murray Walker was like, "James, what are you doing? Like, we just aren't hitting it off." But they were eventually, with time, able to understand each other as people. and mm-hmm. their relationship compounded to the point where they had mutual respect for each other I, i don't think murray would ever call james a friend or vice versa <laughs> and you could tell that from the from the broadcast as well because murray would say something in a very super sanitized way like hey i don't think andre de chesseris is the best driver and james and would say oh no he's shit on air 
so mai would go like hey that's not what you do on a broadcast that's you can't say that word but eventually when you spend 5 years 6 7 years broadcasting with each other or even let's say 40 races or 50 races that's when you know the quirks of the other person mm-hmm. and you're able to play it off that very well which is what harsha bogle does so well with god of kapoor mm-hmm. and joy bhattacharya mm-hmm. if you yeah. watch mm-hmm. broadcast one of those three guys together on cricket buzz yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. much different to what they do today so right. maybe it's just that with time regardless of the people it compounds maybe you understand mm-hmm. them better and you're able to play along with them but initially you do feel a certain uh, uh, lack of lubrication if that's a way to put it with a few people um now it's probably network effect you you know everyone in the arena different sport genres probably know who somil is but early on probably so, you were picking up tasks uh, you know which you wanted to which you loved but now that it's become network effect um do you see yourself picking up tasks or getting into things that you probably don't want to but you know just getting into it and then if you do mm. does that sort of like affect because i mean it has to but like how much does it affect the way the output comes out ah uh, it's a good question i that's a really good question actually because i'm sure every one of us faces this but in a quest to do what we like to do there's lots of stuff that we mm-hmm. don't like to do in the middle that you <laughs> have to do yes. as well yep. i'll be honest <laughs> Yes. Making notes is something I desperately hate. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like to sit in front of a computer and make notes and type what people. Because for me, it's like how can I sum up someone's life in a four-page yeah. document? But there are quirks that you don't remember. Like mm-hmm. there's this one driver who, in the middle of a broadcast, I forgot that this guy actually started off not liking racing. And yeah. it's such a fun point, right? A really, really competitive novice cup race in the JKT National Racing Championship, competing for the championship, and it's such a fun story to tell that Aman Nagdev started out didn't quite like racing in the first place, and then he eventually got to drive his brother's simulator after he went to the US, and he's like, "Hey, I like this," and then he became a racing driver. But I forgot that in the middle of a broadcast. Had I noted it down, it would have been a lot better, quite simply. But this thing is really what I don't like doing, but mm-hmm, I know I've yeah. got to. It's a process improvement. <laughs> I'll be honest. Right. I'm not yeah. a saint. Yeah. I can say that. Hey, you've yeah. got to do this, but I still don't do it as well. Hands up. Mm-hmm. I, I've got to do better in that regard. Uh, but there are also other things like chatting to research, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. why I don't do a lot of esports anymore mm-hmm. because I really bounce off people quite well. Uh, in the sense, like I wouldn't say from an objective standpoint, I enjoy people basically. I enjoy. Yeah. conversations in real life or, or telephones or, or even video chatting calls. by like uh, typing chatting is that what yes, you mean yes because okay. in the world uh-huh. of esports because uh-huh. barrack is virtual right, right. nobody right. ever yeah. physically Makes meets sense. each other mm. time zones are whack like someone's yeah. in australia yeah. you're in india someone else is in the yeah. us you can never really schedule a phone call yeah. so you've yeah. got to do your research via chatting and those two mm. years of my life although broadcasting was fun <laughs> learned a lot about racing learned mm. a lot about the art of commentating from a lot of really good commentators at race sport tv mm-hmm. but i just didn't feel happy because you've got a chat to research and the, the the level at race sport tv was so high at that point that if you don't do your research very well you will get caught out and exposed within 5 minutes of the broadcast because yeah. the broadcast is there or top notch like you can't go into a broadcast not knowing everything about it you mm-hmm. can't you can't fluff your lines in any way so yeah. you've got to be well prepped a lot of the stuff you can get online but stories of drivers you've got to speak mm-hmm. to them and you know what chatting texting <laughs> uh, no yeah uh, so fun 
So, no, no. We, we had that chat when we were off air. Right? Chatting is just a means to the end. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> True that. But I think there's a different. I think there are two types of conversations as well, according to uh, me at least. Like something that you want to convey about, you know, uh, something that is very precise is very d- easy to convey via chat. But something like you know, getting stories out of somebody is. Oh yeah. Is. not something that can be exactly done via text like you know there's a lot of nuance to it there's a lot of yeah. emotion to it there's a lot of other things that, that are involved along with it so i think there's some things do work well just on chat and in fact they're very efficient as well that way yeah. but at the same time things like what you said uh, don't really work out as yeah. well because you you exactly. lose your tonality right in, yeah. in text mm-hmm. but that's just me complaining there are other people who enjoy it yeah. and uh, yeah. there is one brilliant commentator at raceport tv arjun kankipati he is amazing at that because he is so well integrated in the i racing esports community mm-hmm. and mm. now today his research becomes a lot about his friends because he's competed with them he's watched them race for so many years he's done so many broadcasts that when he walks into one and mostly it's all familiar names in that community he'll know every single fine detail about them mm. and after the mm. race while we folks go back home to sleep because it's 4 o'clock in the morning right <laughs> he will speak to them he realize hey what happened uh, in your race why did you make that pit stop what went wrong over there uh stuff that i don't like to do virtually in in reality i do that same thing as well you've got to right because you mm-hmm. as a commentator you've got to live the championship and that's one line that will winston really gave to me a really phenomenal <laughs> one but arjuna does that virtually and he's he's the best i racing commentator in fact one of the mm-hmm. finest commentators i've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life because of his commitment and his ability to just yeah. speak to all the people consistently i don't like doing it virtually he loves doing it yeah. virtually mm-hmm. and that's why you see the difference when i go on a broadcast and when when he does no yeah. shame in admitting he's on a different level altogether on i racing mm-hmm. yeah. he is yeah. phenomenal So you see that difference come about eventually. Sure. Let's let's talk a little bit about F one since yeah, it's sure. not too far since uh, the last race. <laughs> oh, do we do we want to talk about F one? Like, is there is there anyone interested in listening about F one these days? Because every yeah. single time I start up a conversation or every single time mm-hmm. I look at our podcast numbers compared to twenty twenty one, it's like, bro, oh, it's down. Yeah, like, and clearly, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's fair, right? Nobody's interested yeah, anymore. That's true. Are, are we having the I same mean, level of commitment? Maybe not. So honestly, like me and Akash said, like if we two really dedicated fans who are who are doing this podcast, you know, even without any expectation of any money in return, <laughs> are are losing interest in the season. Yeah. So I can always imagine what's happening with others. <laughs> it's it's a fair game, right? It happens to happens to everyone. But I think uh, I think beyond the point. when you're the storyteller and i wouldn't say the official storyteller there's never an official one but you're sure, telling yeah. part of the story for your small little audience over here if you're not the one who's interested the most in it even they won't be so yeah, you're going to drag yourself back in really like, hey, kuch to yeah. hoga formula one pe baat yeah. karne ke liye which is what exactly. my my mentor kunal shah does very well because i generally at times uh-huh. uh, in the yeah. middle i was like what more can we do for a preview of i don't know uh, the sandford gp like no not sandford sandford was actually fun but yeah. there's one really drab race in the middle that's like kunal i don't think we have anything to preview like it's just <laughs> same old same old he said no wait till you see what i come up with in the episode and he did come up with a really fun quote mm. so mm. it's things like this when you realize that hey you can mm. build your game up a little bit and still talk about it but right. what do we want to talk about in f1 because there's suddenly now something's changing 
it's just that we have one car dominating and that's what makes it look drab but if yeah. you eliminate max from the uh, equation which we did in yeah. singapore much yeah Did you yeah. see how good the race was? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But yes. I was just yes. about to say that. Highest podcast numbers in the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. All you need is a good story. And yeah. P2, P3, P4 great story. But the moment it becomes a P1 story, and which it has yeah. the potential. Yeah. Because guys, look at the gaps. Uh, yes. That's, that's, the, that's the one thing that's keeping me going. Just, yeah. Me, honestly, the hack is eliminate Max from the equation and then watch Formula 1. Then it becomes a lot of fun. Yeah, okay, no. thoughts one one question about F1. Thoughts about sprint races. They're good. Ooh. They're good. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What 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 do you guys think about it? Why, why do Wait, do you guys like it or not? And if not, then I mean, no. for a long time for a long time at least Sarang and I have been dyslexic to figuring out what's happening through the weekend. Now we're <laughs> finally getting a hang it of took a while. <laughs> what? <laughs> what qualification is for which race was a very big mystery for me this this year. Fair game. Fair game totally. I mean, what on earth is that format? Like, hey, imagine yeah, anyway. imagine explaining it to a newbie like Yeah, so, exactly. So we're qualifying on Friday for Sunday, <laughs> and then there's a Saturday qualifying for Saturday evening. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but what do you guys think about it generally? Do, why do you not like it in a way? Ah, uh, so for me at least, it is like it it makes the races less precious to me. Like it, it's like it's like these days I hate watching. trailers for movies okay because like trailers mm. pretty much tell you what's going to happen in the movie and right. to me the sprint race is a very similar thing where when i watch the sprint race i kind of pretty much know what's going to happen for the race especially like uh mm. if if like the teams were a lot more closer at least in the front uh, it would have been a lot more exciting but mm-hmm. i think some a few sprint races were good of course like uh, the one like the uh, like which one was that when oscar won i forget which one which other other yeah mm. this bit hard to race to three lap four lap proper <laughs> that do that <laughs> actually that to exactly that to <laughs> had a lot of crashes and we didn't actually get to see racing the the only fun part was that somebody else won you know that that's what stood out in my mind exactly yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's the thing for me like i feel it's too short and this yeah it it kind of gives away from the main race that's that's the main thing for me hmm What, what do you reckon? Uh, what do you reckon, Akash, on this one? Because I, I get a feeling mm-hmm. your opinion is somewhat similar, right? From from the expression, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, and we've been we've been vocal about it as well. I mm-hmm. think like we're mm-hmm. not. I mean, I'm I'm open to change. I'm open to change. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. convince me that sprint races are good, and and I'll I'll be mm-hmm. the one to watch it. But. I don't really enjoy it to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean and it's again with cricket too. I mean I'm a I'm a more of a fan for ODIs and tests versus T20. One second. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I don't normally do this, but are you the only ODI fan in the entirety of Mumbai? You really stick around and watch all the hundreds? Every ball is a four and a six. I mean, what's the fun, right? Because um, okay, you need to strategize. You have middle overs. How are you going to do it? And do you need to pick up exactly, the pace? Exactly. But it's a whole lump of nothing to watch from over ten to forty, right? Like, mm. if, if you get a wicket, you get a wicket. But technically, it's fun. <laughs> technically, it's a. I can't be coming from that regard because the sprint really eliminates that that mm-hmm. that compounding effect of the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least in my head, what would you rather watch? Like, 
one big race or small bites of more i it's a taste thing i mean yeah. mm-hmm. like one mm-hmm. big race uh sometimes it's a bit too much eh? sometimes you want to yeah. get to see some thing yeah. which is what i like yes. which is why i enjoy the sprint races quite a lot mm-hmm. because it gives you some if anything i think it makes my sunday race uh, better because i get a slight into the performance slight mm-hmm. i get an idea mm-hmm. that hey oscar is doing 117 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. maybe in the race he might be doing I don't know on a longer run what it means, which means that hey, mm. where will the Mercedes stack up in that regard? How will the Ferraris do? So you get a slight hint. Yeah. So the unknowns are exposed a little bit more because there are aspects to track now. And yeah. for hey. someone like a nerd like me, that's more fun because suddenly mm. if I have a metric to track in the race, I will go on mm. look at the data like hey, what's going on? How are they doing? What they're doing? Mm. So fair enough. That works Fair out enough. for me. But the reason why I don't think we're enjoying it is because mm. the cars aren't quite there yet. Uh, mm, maybe. because maybe. they're yeah, wide yeah, they're big yeah. they're long if you look at MotoGP sprint races yeah. I don't think mm. anyone will bat an eye and say hey we shouldn't <laughs> we don't enjoy it because it's right. fun it's a, it's a ton of yeah. banter lots of good racing mm-hmm. unfortunately lots of crashes as well lots of broken yeah. ribs broken mm. legs broken jaws half the grid sometimes be injured <laughs> but that's a different story altogether for us yeah. sitting in our AC rooms I think if the cars were slightly more uh, prone to battle And if mm-hmm, the delta mm-hmm. between the teams was closer, I think we'd enjoy it a lot more. Because then there's no conservation of tires, right? It's just go, right, yeah. fight. Yeah. 18 laps, go ahead. I feel it's it's not very easy for, you know, these promoters to sell these three-day passes to, uh, you know, people in general. Like, especially yeah. with newer audiences coming in and and the amount of money that they have to pay F1 itself to yeah. host the event as well. Yeah. Of course, they need yeah. to recoup that. And if they're not bringing in enough entertainment uh, through the weekend, which I think sprint races are kind of a part of, uh, like getting people into yeah. the seats as well on Saturdays, which yeah. earlier was not that easy to do. Um, I think it's kind of a part of that as well. So I, I kind mm. of understand where they're coming from. I understand they want to make uh, the sport like, of course it's earning enough but still earn enough that they can have more teams on the track as well which might make you know racing more interesting so i kind of get where it's coming from but at the same time uh, yeah let's see um, uh, I, but time. i like that they're changing the format every year so i have still good hopes for that like uh, they are taking in feedback let's see what they do next year as well with sprint races so yeah and that's a good thing right there's no ego mm-hmm. there's no yeah. uh, there's no feeling that hey we've got to nail it down in one go and there's no right. ego that hey this is what it is we're not going to yes exactly <laughs> you i mean every once in a while you do get uh, what was that stupid qualifying call in 2016 where they eliminate one person every 2 minutes in the middle of qualifying <laughs> every every now and then you do yeah, get yeah. an absolute turd like that but yeah you've got to figure it out right in the initial sprint mm-hmm. format i don't think that was really well because it had no incentive like What is three points? Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah, with exactly. Yeah. That was and, absolutely nonsense. Yeah, and three points are going to go to Max only, and Max has twenty-five exactly. points every weekend. So what's the point? <laughs> what's three extra points going to do for him? But this one is better. Yeah, uh, this is better. I think we're mm. nearly there. I think nearly yeah. there. A couple yeah. of years time, if the teams are all within a second every single time, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. then this will be a banger, like it is in MotoGP. Yeah, But, uh, and then we don't have to worry about. Riders with broken ribs and broken jaws every single time because they didn't yeah. Yeah, on the car. So that'll be that'll be a good. But it's fun, race. right? Like how they are evolving, like how they are accepting mm-hmm. the change, evolving for the fans, and then making those changes through the sprint uh, sessions every year yeah. to make it more engaging. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at it quite simply, right? Uh, 
MotoGP Indian Grand Prix, first ever time in India. There should be a lot of hype. Unfortunately, isn't there will be a lot next year. But uh, mm. the fact is, nobody came on the Friday. Absolutely, Oops. nobody yeah. came on the Friday. Mm. I was uh, commentating over there on the circuit. And I was like, dude, is anyone going to come here? Who will be commentating for until you see the Sunday crowd? And uh-huh. that's uh, uh-huh. because I realized that not everyone is like us. Not everyone's going to be camping right. there from Friday, right. watching the lines that the riders are taking every single time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we folks are interested. Maybe not everyone. Uh, yeah. Also, life comes in the way, right? Work yeah. Yeah. sometimes yeah. doesn't yeah. end on Friday. Exactly. Sometimes it ends on yeah. Saturdays. So you've got to take the flight yeah. and all that. But uh, the fact of the matter is, they've got to sell tickets on the Fridays and Saturdays. So yes. fair enough, right? If, if you if the sprint works out, the sprint works out. So why not? Okay. Hmm. Uh, any last thoughts, Samil? Uh, on the Indian Racing League, on uh, like life anything. in general, how's the weather? I mean, any, any, any last thoughts? <laughs> any last thoughts? Okay, I will leave you guys with a stupid question to answer. And if you folks have made it this far in the episode, I think you'll really enjoy this one as well. But, uh, okay, which one should I go for? Here we go. A Tyrannosaurus Rex, a dinosaur mm-hmm. T-Rex, goes into a barber shop, like a hair dye shop, and says, hey, hi, I want to get my hair colored. And the dye lady, the dye woman says, sorry, you can't do that. Uh, I, I can't quite do it for you. Why is that? Why can't a T-Rex get its hair dyed? <laughs> what? You know why? <laughs> no, please. No. Take a guess. Okay. No? Yeah? No? Everything no, I grew up. Short no. And no, nothing. No. <laughs> Okay, so I'll, I'll end it on a note where people would actually want to end the episode as well. So that's that'll be sure. a good way to end. But uh, it can't, right? Quite simply, what is a T Rex? It's a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I thought it must be needed to die somehow. It has to be. It has to be. Oh, uh, there we are. All right. the viewers tuning off in one go. Soup. Yes. Everyone goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs> yeah, man. Not like bombshell. <laughs> oh man, this was this was a fun one. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> See, I warned you. I told you this was coming. So can't blame me for that. Oh, sure. man. Well, thanks. No, thanks but honestly, uh, honestly, thank you, thank you for thank you for having me on and asking the questions that most mm-hmm. people don't ask because normally people will ask questions that. Uh, hey, what's this driver like? Or what's that driver like? Or what's this car <laughs> like? Or that car like? There's a mm-hmm. lot of it about the art of broadcasting that goes unknown that you learn along yes. the way. And very, mm-hmm. very eager to share it with anyone who's keen to know because I'm also learning on the way, right? If we all get to learn nice. together on the way, then why not? Yeah. So that's uh, that's the idea yeah. essentially. But thank you. Thank you for having me on, guys. Lovely, man. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for coming along and sharing everything that you shared. So, yeah. And and on that note, folks, uh, uh, if you do have questions, go spam him on his Instagram. Um, <laughs> ask him questions. If you are interested in making this into a career, uh, I'm I'm sure someone's going to be happy to sort of guide you at least in the right path. And then, uh, by all means, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. bug him. Go. If bug anything, him. WhatsApp, yeah. not Instagram. If anything, WhatsApp. <laughs> dude, like, just go for it. Like, yeah. There you have it. Um, with that said, this is uh, the IRL podcast. Uh, there will be more episodes as we get into the weekend, uh, into those uh, amazing races, and even after the season. So stay tuned. Keep listening to these. Uh, we'll keep bringing you more behind-the-scenes stories, what goes on uh, outside of the world of just the drivers and their cockpits. Um, and if you are someone who likes this, share it with your friends. 
uh, and subscribe to the IRL podcast. Until the next episode, these are all three of your hosts signing off. Bye-bye. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.